What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. It might not exist anymore. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram is also at Sports. That's that's still existing. And TikTok, YouTube. I'm going to actually cut something up for YouTube pretty soon here. I was working on it at work and uh, no internet connection, so I had to mm-hmm. pause. But uh, those are also Immaculate Sports. Yeah. Yeah. It's episode 149. The baseball season is uh, back in the swing of things, unless you're Cincinnati and San Francisco. You're not quite there yet. But it's nice. We had a good all-star game. Nationally, finally won. Top 10 starting pitchers. Trade talk. NFL news. Finally got some, even if it's mostly controversy. So we got a good amount to talk about today. Yeah, it's going to be a fun episode. Uh, mock trades are always something that we kind of look forward to because those are you know, where you can kind of put your creative mind in oh, there yeah. and kind of tailor it to your own, uh, I want to say preferences, but what you think might happen. Uh, but we'll get right into the opener. And mine's got to be, I know Skyler put the uh, what my opener should be, uh, and that's part of it. But the organizational call-ups uh, for the A's over this past week is something that I do really want to talk about. Uh, starting off with going from high A to, to double A, with former first-round pick Max Muncy, uh, Jack Winkler, who was playing third base in, in uh, high A, was doing pretty good over there. Caden uh, Trinkle, who's an outfielder. We picked him, I believe, last year it was, so it's good to see this guy already in double-A. And then Tyler Baum as well went up to double-A, who's been the closer in Lansing and has been really good for the high A team uh, for the A's. And then when you look at the AAA scene, the guys going from AA to AAA, you got Brent Harris, who's a 24-year-old third baseman, uh, good all-around player, moving up to AAA. I like him a lot. Uh, Lawrence Butler, one of the A's more well-known prospects as far as national scene goes, even though he might not be a top 100 prospect, uh, plays the game with a lot of fire. Uh, pretty good five-tool player as well, too. Maybe the contact is the one thing that he's kind of lacking, but it's getting better there this year. Uh, he's up in AAA now. And then my favorite prospect in the A system, Daryl Hernandez, uh, going to AAA as well, too. Only six homers in Midland this year, but his second game, maybe it's his third game in Las Vegas, he did hit a grand slam. Uh, so it's good to see that, some power coming from him. Uh, and Lawrence Butler, Daryl Hernandez, and... Brett Harris, we might be seeing them in the big leagues by the end of the year, depending on some Ooh-wee. of the moves that the A's make at the deadline. Uh, usually we see the A's call up some of their, you know, farther away prospects in those you know, August, September months to kind of give them a trial in the big leagues and kind of just see how it is rather than calling them up at the beginning of next year. Uh, but of course, we talk about the big leagues. You got to talk about Tyler Soderstrom and Zach Galoff being the big leagues now for the A's. Two exciting players that the A's hope to be the cornerstones of their franchise over these next, I guess, five to six years. Uh, and they're here. Uh, Soderstrom's 21. Galoff is 23. Uh, seeing those dudes put on the A's uniform each day in, day out should make uh, A's fans a lot more happy, even though we haven't won with them quite yet. Our offense has had a slight tick up, except for. Uh, last night and it makes the games a bit more exciting to watch when you're 25 and 71 all right i mean i I like all that too but i'm gonna go with the jets star defensive tackle quinn and williams finally getting extended man four years 96 million he's going to be the second aav all-time at d tackle behind aaron donald of course um but 
you know, especially since the Jets are on hard knocks this offseason, just just getting something like this out of the way so it's not the main storyline all offseason is awesome. And and Quinnen should be ready to go for another awesome year. Yeah. Uh, congrats to you on that. Thank you. I know that's something that's been big on your mind during this offseason for the Jets. If it wasn't for, you know, the A-Rod trade, probably be front and center for the entire offseason. But nonetheless, a pretty big deal going on over there. Uh, let's go ahead and get right into our top 10 starting pitchers that we've done every other position here. I think maybe next week we might just do our top 10 players Ooh. in total and we can kind of, you know, accumulate all these different things that we've done as far as these lists together and kind of make it with this big uh, final list. Uh, We know who number one would be for that. It's obviously going to be ace third baseman, Jace Peterson, but uh, we're not quite there yet though. (laughs) Let's go ahead and get into any honorable mentions you want to talk about before we get into the the top 10. We got a lot of great pitchers, man. So I guess I'm just going to go rattle down my list here. I try to keep it short just because, you know, the whole point is to get our top 10. But we got Jacob DeGrom of the Rangers. Got hurt, unfortunately. Been hurt for a while. Mitch Keller of the Pirates. Been great. Cobb and Webb of the Giants. Nice little little one-two punch they got there. Joe Webb and Sonny Gray of the Twins. Luis Castillo of the Mariners. Nathan Avaldi of the Rangers. Awesome season this year. Uh, Bryce Elder of the Braves, Eduardo Rodriguez of the Tigers, and uh, 20 plus other young guys who uh, I won't get into, but we got a lot of great arms. Uh, we're headed to uh, this direction in MLB where if you're not the nastiest guy on your team, like you're, you're not going to make the bigs. Yeah. Uh, my honorable mentions I got six guys. First one being Tariq Skubal. Uh, which if he's healthy, he's got some of the best stuff in the big leagues. And uh, if he is healthy, he'd be on this list, but he's not healthy too often. Uh, Alex Cobb, who's really had a resurgence of his career over these last two years. Uh, first time all-star this past uh, week, actually. Zach Wheeler is another guy. Uh, eats a good amount of innings. He's been good in Philly for these last few years since he came over from New York. Uh, Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer are two dudes who, if you look at their track record, are definitely guys who could and should be on this list. But this year they've had a bit of down ticket, down tick in their stuff. Uh, so they just missed the list here. Brandon Woodruff is probably the second best pitcher on this honorable mentions list. Uh, has a lot of really good stats as far as, you know, striking guys out and not walking a ton and getting some soft, soft contact. But I just felt these other 10 guys were good enough. Uh, to be on the list instead of him. And then the last guy who I had at number 11, actually, is going to be Carlos Rodon, uh, who just doesn't pitch enough innings. And it's not because he's hurt or anything like that. Uh, it's something I value a ton, and I've said this a billion times with Skyler, is guys that can go deep in the games and guys that can get strikeouts. Uh, Carlos Rodon's got the strikeout stuff 100% there, but he, you're not seeing him go seven, eight innings really ever. It's usually, you know, 100 pitches over six innings or 100 pitches over five and two thirds or something like that. And while he might have 10, 11 strikeouts in that spot, it's not, it's not winning the game for you. You know, it's holding guys down for a bit, but you still got to pitch those last three innings out of your bullpen. So Rodon goes in at 11 because of his stuff, but just not because of his stamina. Well, not, not his stamina. He still throws 100 pitches, but just doesn't get through as many innings. Moving on to number 10, though. 
I have a tie at number 10, actually, starting off hot here, Kyle. Corbin Burns, Framber Valdez, two guys who I, I think we both predicted can win the Cy Young in the next couple of years because they're that good. I couldn't just choose one. And they both strike a whole bunch of guys out. Yeah, number 10 for me is going to be more of the innings-eating side uh, with Logan Webb, a guy who strikes out under nine guys per nine innings. So, you know, you're not going to have blazing strikeout numbers, but he also walks uh, under two guys per nine innings. And these are the stats that I've, I'm pulling for all these guys uh, from this past two years in 2022 and, you know, the first four months of this 2023 season so far. Uh, Logan Webb is about as consistent as any of these guys on this list. You know, you're not really going to see him have that blow up outing uh, or anything like that. He's going to be a pretty consistent, you know, seven innings, six Ks, two runs type guy. So uh, Logan Webb comes in at number 10. Been holding it down for the Giants now as their ace after uh, Carlos Rodon left this past offseason. Moving on to number nine. Number nine, I got Kevin Gosman of the Blue Jays. One of the best pitches in the league right now is his splitter. And it is pretty unhittable. He makes the top 10. He's been great for the past couple of years now. Yeah. Uh, number nine, even though I love him a lot, it's going to be Zach Gallen. Uh, 9.43 K per nine is something that's great. Obviously, just doesn't jump off to the page as some of these other guys on the top of this list. 2.14 walks per nine is something that's really good. Strikeout percentage at 27%. Uh, Babbitt just above 200 so that usually means that you're not giving up a ton of hard contact whip below one as well too he's one of the few guys on this list who does have a whip below one uh xfip era both pretty solid stuff of course as well too uh big time ace in arizona he's another guy who can eat a ton of innings for you on to number eight number eight i got zach gallon uh you said it very well kyle just unfortunately, not not at the elite tier, some of the others, but uh, still a great season. Probably going to win some awards, uh, even if it's not the big ones this season. Great job from Zach Gallup. Number eight uh, is going to be where I put Corbin Burns. Uh, you know, strikeout stuff is good. Walks are a little bit higher than, say, Gallon or Webb, but they're still in a good spot because he strikes out more guys than both those dudes. Uh, strikeout percentage. At 28% is pretty solid. Uh, once you get to like 30 or so, that's really when you get into that elite, elite tier. Uh, walking or striking out four people per every walk is something that's pretty good as well, too. Bab up again below 200 is something that's, you know, usually means you're giving up a lot of soft contact. XFIP at 3.27, ERA 3.23. So pretty consistent stuff there. And uh, Gordon Burns. Again, one of those dudes that's just really tough to pick up and uh, does a really good job over there in Milwaukee. On to number seven. Number seven, I got Marcus Stroman of the Cubs. Maybe somewhere else, so we'll talk about that. But Marcus Stroman just just does it all very well, everything. You know, he doesn't walk guys, doesn't give up hard contact. He can strike dudes out if he wants. He's very solid. Number seven for me. Number seven is going to be where I have my first lefty of the list. If you do not want to include the Carlos Rodon I had at 11, uh, and that's Shane McClanahan of the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, 10.1 strikeouts per nine is something that's really good for him as well, too. You know, the strikeout percentage just below 30% is really good. Walk rate at 7% is a little bit higher than what you'd like to see for some of these guys, but it's not in a bad spot at all considering the stuff that he has. And, 
I mean, it's got to be tough to control some of the pitches that he has, you know, throwing as hard as he does and which as much movement as he does. Uh, and, you know, that velocity and movement leads to, you know, the average against that one point or 199. So, you know, a hair right under 200. The whip is right at one uh, ERA at 255. McClanahan's got it all going on. He, he's a really good guy to, to throw out there any given day to go get yourself a win. On to number six. Number six is where I have my first lefty. I'm going to go with Blake Snell of the Padres. He's been unhittable while in San Diego. You know, maybe a, a couple rough months when he first got there. But, you know, the next couple guys on my list, it, it's almost a guarantee they're going to go six or seven, one or two runs, 10 Ks. And Blake Snell has been doing that consistently. Yeah. Uh, Blake Snell is a guy who I didn't have on my list, but if I were to say who do I want to go out there tomorrow to pitch for me, I think Blake Snell would be up near the top of that list because he's been so good over these past few months. Uh, just walks a little bit too many guys for me, but obviously makes that up pretty well as far as not giving up a ton of hits uh, and hard contact in general. Uh, number six, though, is going to be the future, I almost said former Hall of Famer, the future Hall of Famer, Clayton Kershaw. Uh, who just continues to pitch amazing for the Los Angeles Dodgers. I know his innings is something that, you know, might not jump off the page for you. I think he's just a little bit over 200 over this past year and a half. Uh, but when he's healthy, he's one of the best pitchers in the big league still. He's got a K to walk ratio over five, which is amazing in that category. You know, strikeout percentage just below 28 is something that's really good as well, too. And the batting average against, you know, 210 is not giving up a lot of hard contact. Whip under one, uh, you know, he's been around in the big leagues for a long time. Masu gets the job done very consistently. And uh, Clayton Kershaw is still not on the top five, but at number six. On to number five. Let's start off the top five with the best player in baseball, Shohei Otani. Uh, ridiculous strikeout stuff. And even if, if that was it, he'd probably still be on the list, but he, he's much more than that. Now he's, he's an absolute ace. And, and when you, you factor in the 35 homers, he's hit too. It, it's unbelievable, but, but that's not why we're here. He's the number five starter. He, he did it, man. He figured it out. He's not just a hard thrower. He's a, a pitcher. He's crafting out there, man. Yeah. Uh, number five is going to be a guy that kind of embodies the type of pitcher that I'd like to have as my ace. And that's Garrett Cole, the guy who throws a ton of innings and strikes a ton of guys out. Just K per nine right below 11 is something that, again, kind of jumps off the page to you. The walk rate when you have, you know, 11 Ks per nine, if it's below two and a half, that's that's really, really good for you. And Garrett Cole's at that right now with a 4.6 K to walk ratio, K percent over 30. Again, jumps off the page. Uh, whip right above one. ERA 3.23. XFIP 3.14. Sierra 3.14 as well, too. Uh, Garrett Cole, you know, kind of the poster child for the guy that you would want to have as your ace if I was to build a team, even though I don't have him as the, uh, you know, best pitcher in the league, but. Still kind of the perfect build of what I would have for, for a starting pitcher. On to number four. Number four, I'm going to go with Clayton Kershaw. Uh, he's still got it, man, somehow. And 
if he stayed healthy these past couple of weeks, he would have started another all-star game too, uh, which is crazy because we thought this would be like a, you know, retirement tour back home in Texas with the Rangers or something, you know, on a terrible team, but he's still here in LA. First place, still looking like an ace. Yeah. Uh, number four is going to be where I have Shohei Otani. He's a very similar pitcher to Garrett Cole. Strikes out more guys, walks a few more guys, but that's kind of, again, expected when you strike out more guys, you're more likely to walk a few guys. This K percentage, few ticks higher than Garrett Cole at 32.8%, which is ridiculous. Uh, but the ERA, XFIP, Sierra are both things, are all things that kind of bump him a little bit over Garrett Cole. Uh, and I know we're just talking about pitchers, but it's hard to ignore the fact that he's probably the best hitter in the big leagues as well, too. So uh, Shohei Otani comes in at number four for me on a number three. Number three, I got Shane McClanahan of Tampa Bay. This guy just doesn't lose. You've been talking about, you know, the guys you would want in that big situation. I kind of built my list similarly, and and that's why McClanahan's higher. You know, maybe not as great of stuff as a, a Gosman or a, a Corbin Burns at the bottom of my list, but he doesn't lose. He's up here at the top, man. Number three. For me, is going to be where I put Framber Valdez, and that's Framber is more on the side of you know innings eating for you, but he's so consistent at getting into that seventh, eighth inning that is even though he doesn't strike out as many guys and he walks more guys than Garrett Cole, I still have to put him above him because he just is so consistent at getting quality starts for a team. And I think that obviously, you know, it doesn't just help yourself. It helps your team win games. Uh, and the other guys on your team win games. Cause say if another starter has a bad start, the bullpen's pretty well rested from your start. You know, maybe the closer has to go in there, not nailed down a save, but those other setup guys that we've seen in Houston have been so successful these past few years. I haven't worked too many Framber Valdez games because he's getting so late into the ball game uh, and being efficient with it as well, too. You know, ERA under three, XFIP under three, Sierra at 319 is is really, really good as well, too. So uh, Framber Valdez, number three for me. Uh, number two. Number two, I got Spencer Strider of the Braves leading the league in Ks. You know, uh, another guy with a rough start, but he's he's really locked in now. Uh, the other day I was watching them play Tampa Bay, the series before the All-Star break, and he just he dominated them. The best lineup in the American League, just absolutely dominated. Uh, I'm a big fan. Yeah. Number two for me might be a bit of a shocker. I'm going Kevin Gosman. Of the Toronto Blue Jays. You know, when we talked about this earlier, I was just joking. He's he's crazy. He strikes out everybody. Uh, you know, the eleven point one K per nine is great, but having a one point seven seven walks per nine in that same span as well too is ridiculous. The six point two eight K per walk ratio is top top tier you know it's it's the best in the league as far as this stuff or this year's stuff goes k percent right at 30 walk percent below five percent is just absolutely ridiculous he's given up a bit of more hard contact opponents average at 256 uh but when you have the ability to kind of limit you know the walks and, and strikeouts and kind of give yourself less chance uh, for things to go awry when you have those 100% outcomes of that walk or strikeout uh, be more, you know, clear. I mean, 
he has the whole package right now. He's been probably, you know, one of the best pitchers in the league this year. The Sierra is under three, XFIP under under 2.85. So, you know, 2.82, really damn good there. Uh, been one of the best pitchers in all of baseball of his past year and a half, Kevin Gosman. Shout out Kevin Gosman. On to number one. Number one, I have Garrett Cole. Uh, again, you, you set it up for me. So uh, thank you for this explanation. But you were talking about the ideal ace, that guy, that guy you want out there. For me, that's still Garrett Cole. I don't think Strider's quite taken that from him yet. Garrett Cole has been a little more efficient, and I know it's it is really close. I'm not I'm not trying to pick, you know, the stats I want, but but me personally, I, I still want Garrett Cole at the top here. Maybe after these playoffs, if Strider's still locked in and Cole has his usual blow up in the second round, and maybe we we start thinking about switching the list around. But for right now, it's still Garrett Cole. I put Spencer Strider at one. Uh, I actually put two guys at one. I think you might be able to figure out who the other guy is. Uh, but I have an asterisk next to the other guy because of the innings he's pitched. But let me get into Strider first. Only guy on this list that has the K per nine over 12, uh, except for the other guy I'll talk about here in a second. Uh, and his K per nine is at 14. You know, this dude's striking out literally everybody that he faces. He walks a bit more guys than most of these dudes on this list. But since he's striking out so many... He makes up for it. You know, the 5.01 K per walk ratio is still, you know, one of the best in the league when you look at this stuff. He doesn't give up a ton of homers. He's not giving up a ton of hits. The K percentage at 38 and a half is just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, XFIP 2.49 is tops in the league when you look at a lot of stuff. Sierra 2.51. Spencer Strider is the best pitcher in baseball, it's healthy right now. And the best pitcher in baseball that's not healthy right now has got to be Jacob deGrom. And I didn't want to talk about him as an honorable mention or anything like that because he is the best pitcher in baseball when healthy. He's just not healthy all the time. And so I decided to, you know, give 10 guys who are healthy a spot on this list, but still give deGrom that, you know, partial one spot because the stuff that he's done over this past year and a half is ridiculous, even though he hasn't thrown that many innings. Uh, I'll just get into it a little bit. You know, the 14K per nine is good. The 1.14 walks per nine is something that really jumps off the page. And when you look at, you know, K to walk ratio, that's something I've talked about an absolute ton over this this, this list here. Uh, I've said, you know, four, you know, five, six a couple times. And once you get up to that five point, you're, you're really damn good. Jacob deGrom's is 12. He's, he's striking out 12 guys per every guy that he walks. And the, the K percent over 40 is damn near unheard of. The walk percent below four is damn near unheard of for somebody who strikes out anybody. Uh, he's not giving up hard contact at all. The whip 0.75 is ridiculous. The FIP under two, X FIP under two as well, too. So, you know, he's not getting lucky with that. The Sierra at point at 1.78. I mean, he's got some of the best stuff that we've ever seen in big league history. Uh, and so Jacob deGrom gets to one spot with an asterisk, uh, but officially Spencer Strider goes down as the best pitcher in baseball for me. Anything else you want to add? Uh, yeah, honorable mentions to uh, Cole Miller and Mason Miller. <laughs> Cole Miller and Mason Miller. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> we're talking mock trades now. Uh, this is where it gets a lot of fun. Uh, 
I guess we'll go Otani last to keep things interesting on, on what's going there. Build some suspense on that aspect. We're we're talking five guys today, and I, not the burgers. They're pretty good. But though. we're talking five guys. Uh, probably the five dudes who we feel are the you know most likely uh, players to get traded as far as the bigger guys on this list. Uh, and we're starting getting it started with Eduardo Rodriguez, who is. In a long-term deal, he has an opt-out after this year. Uh, and if he doesn't opt-out, he's got three more years on the contract. He's only 30 years old. Where do you see the lefty from Detroit, or not from Detroit, but on Detroit, heading uh, once we get past this July 31st or August 2nd uh, trade deadline? I got Eduardo Rodriguez going to the Tigers. I feel like what? the Tigers. Yeah. No, sorry. Sorry. Rangers. I, I read the wrong line. <laughs> Rangers. I feel like the Rangers have nothing to lose right now. It is a pretty good system, but still, you're not going to have to give up that much for an expiring guy. Their uh, Tigers are also going to throw in a reliever, Bo Brisky. Is that how you pronounce his name? Mm-hmm. I know he has a Tops Now card. I, I just never knew how to pronounce it. Anywho, the return here. To the Tigers, it's going to be number 18 prospect, third baseman, Glider Figuero from the Rangers. Highly touted 19-year-old, but has been really bad in low A so far. And they're going to throw in the number 19 prospect, right-handed pitcher Mark Church. He just got to AAA, pretty good, but he's a little older, and Texas is ready to win now. So I kind of like it. You know, get a, a younger pitcher in exchange for an expiring pitcher. I actually also have Erod heading to Texas. I have a bit of a nice. different package than you, and I think uh, Erod's value might be a little bit higher in my mind than what you think. Uh, the first guy, the least headliner, I guess, so you know, one of the throw-ins is going to be Mark Church for me, a 22-year-old starting pitcher who's had time in Double A AA and Triple A so far this year, or not starting pitcher, but a guy who's been, you know, yeah. in the back end of that that bullpen over there and has some impact in the big leagues, you know, as soon as this year, if you want to for Detroit. And I think Mark church is a guy who can get work pretty well for Detroit and, you know, giving them some depth in the back of their bullpen. Uh, the two headliners of this deal are the six and seven prospects for the Texas Rangers. So, uh, and Dustin Harris is going to be that eighth or seventh prospect uh, that's going over to Detroit, a guy who is actually traded to the Rangers from the A's, I believe, in the Eli White deal, I'm pretty sure, a few years back. Uh, as he has 30 stolen bases over double uh, A AA and triple A so far this year. He's a 24 year old, so looking as a, a more of a, you know, impact soon type guy. And even with those 30 stolen bases, he has seven homers, so he's. He's not just, you know, the one homer type guy. And then the other dude that I have on here as well, too, is going to be Justin Foscue, a guy who hasn't wow. gotten the call yet for the Rangers, uh, but is in AAA, 24 years old. And we know he's big league ready by looking at some of the stats that he has. He walks more than he strikes out and doesn't sacrifice much power because he's still got 11 homers this year. OPS at 895 is something that really pops out with that 399 on base percentage. Uh, and when you look at Detroit, I think they want to be not in a win now mode, but win sooner rather than later mode because of some of their prospects and where they are in their system with Spencer Torkelson, Casey Mize, Tariq Skubal, Riley Green. These are the dudes that they pictured to be the you know cornerstones of this next era of Detroit Tigers, but bas- not basketball, baseball. 
uh, and Justin Foskey and Justin Harris fit right in because they should be up here and, you know, could be by the end of the year. So uh, that's what I have. Erod going to Texas. They get a, a starting pitcher that, you know, has a lot of, you know, durability on his arm and, and the ability to get a lot of guys out, as we've seen over these, his entire career in, in Detroit and in uh, Boston. Moving on to Marcus Stroman, one of the more intriguing arms on these, this deadline's uh, radar. Yeah. Uh, I have the Orioles receiving Marcus Stroman here. And the Cubs are going to get back. And again, you know, keep this in mind. Certain or, uh, farm systems are, are a lot more boosted than others. So when the Cubs are getting number 15 prospect Judd Fabian, you know, we know he is a very young power hitter who would probably be the number two guy in most most farm systems. So they're not getting screwed here. And also they're going to get an unranked guy on pipeline, the catcher Creed Willems, a 20-year-old who's mashing in high A, after, uh, drafted out of high school. We know the Orioles aren't going to need any really young catchers for a while. So uh, that feels like enough for me back I I also have Stroman going to Baltimore. This is something I've talked about for a long time is something that kind of fits there with, with culture wise and what Baltimore could need to kind of push him to the next level. Again, I think Stroman's worth a little bit more. The first guy I have going to the uh, Cubs on this is Carter Young shortstop, uh, who is the 28th prospect for the Orioles. Carter Young was this dude who was supposed to be, you know, the top first round draft pick a couple years ago coming out of Vanderbilt, had a rough senior or junior year, I forget which, probably junior year actually, uh, in Vandy, and still has really kind of yet to put it together uh, in in pro ball so far. Uh, Still a guy who has, you know, potential if if things all go together because he was once that really, you know, highly touted guy out of college. Uh, and I think maybe a change of scenery could be something that helps benefit him. Uh, next guy that I have, I have two more guys. Uh, the number 11 prospect for the Baltimore Orioles, I have Cade Povich going over to the Cubs in this one. He's in double A so far this year, has 115 strikeouts in 76 innings with only 35 walks. Uh, a guy who can be in the big leagues probably as soon as next year uh, when you look at it. And I think the Cubs would be more than happy to add this guy to the rotation with, with perhaps, you know, obviously Stroman leaving the team in this deal and maybe a guy like even Justin Steele leaving here, Drew Smiley, guys like that. Uh, and then the headliner of this deal, even though it is only half of a season for Stroman with how good Stroman's been, I think it definitely warrants the ability to go ahead and get a highly touted prospect. And that highly touted prospect for me is going to be third baseman Kobe Mayo, uh, who has just absolutely matched uh, in double A this year, hitting 307, 424 on base percentage, slugging percentage just over 600, which means his OPS is a shade over 1,000, 17 homers, 86 strikeouts is something that kind of alerts you a little bit, but he's also walking a lot as well, too. So it's not just all swing and miss. Uh, Kobe Mayo, headliner, big power third baseman. Kind of like it upgraded Patrick Wisdom, or when Patrick Wisdom's going good, I think that's what Kobe Mayo could be. He's also very young, only 21 years old, uh, and I think that makes a lot of sense for the Chicago Cubs. The third trade that we got here is going to be involving Cody Bellinger on a, I guess he's technically on a two-year deal, uh, $17 million yeah. this year uh, with a mutual option for next year in Chicago. So, uh, 
I guess you can look at it as as a year and a half deal or a half year deal based off of what you got going on together. Where do you think Belly goes? I got Belly going to the Yankees. And uh, that's been a very popular fit here. And I tried to find a realistic offer that wasn't too much, but guys who can help right away. So I'll just get into it. Okay. The Cubs are going to get number 11 prospect in the Yankee system, shortstop Roderick Arias. It's the most MLB ready out of the guys. They're going to get a left-handed prospect. Sorry, left-handed pitching prospect, a little bit older. Edgar Barclay, great reliever numbers. They just moved him to a, a reliever in AAA. And uh, the last guy is going to be first third base prospect, Andres Chaparro. It's going to be his first year in AAA, and he hit 25 homers last year. First year in AA. So, you know, Cubs are looking for kind of a brand new team. This could possibly help them. This could be what they're looking for instead of grabbing that one big dude. I think they're one of the teams who would take the three more average guys, like how the A's have been doing. Oh. Uh, I have Cody Bellinger going to Minnesota. And at first, that doesn't make too much sense because Minnesota's got all these dudes uh, who are probably MLB ready to come up and play outfield for them. Uh, but none of them are the level that's Cody Bellinger is. And I think uh, this kind of allows Minnesota to give off less organizational depth while giving off a guy who's probably, uh, you know, higher in their system. So the two guys that I have uh, before the headliner is Corey Lewis, their 30th ranked prospect. Uh, he's been pitching in high A this year for Minnesota. Uh, we talk about high A to double A kind of being the biggest jump as far as uh, talent goes. Uh, and I think Corey Lewis has the ability to make the jump uh, into double A and triple and A and into the majors as, as he gets a bit older. Uh, 2.29 ERA so far in 14 starts, 63 innings pitched with 81 strikeouts and only 21 walks. The average is well below 200, sitting at 187 with the whip right above one. So you know he's not giving up a ton of hits. Uh, and gives him that bit of that room for air. Big body, 6'5", 220, only 22 years old. Should be in the big leagues probably 20, when he's 24 or 25 or so. Uh, next guy is a young one. It's Byron Chirio, brother of Jackson Chirio, number oh. two prospect uh, in the big leagues. Uh, Byron is 17 years old. He's playing in the Dominican League right now. Uh, it might be the uh, Arizona League. I'm blanking on which one he's in. Uh, not a top 30 prospect right now, but he's been raking this year. And, and I think that's somebody, somebody who's pretty attractive for a team to go ahead and pick up because he has that, you know, genetic track record of his brother who has turned out to be one of the biggest prospects when you look at uh, the pipeline scale of things. And then the big headliner, uh, that the Twins are giving back in this one is their number five prospect, 25-year-old Matt Walner, uh, who has a ton of power and we've seen kind of, you know, generate more walks as he gets older and o- older and striking out less and less as, again, he gets older. Uh, this year in AAA, he's hitting 291, 403 OBP, slugging percentage over 500, good enough for 927 OPS, 11 homers, 39 walks in 254 at-bats. Uh, a guy who should come up and be in the big leagues right away. Uh, you don't have to wait too long for him. It gives Cubs fans kind of that immediate return for a trade that I think you kind of have to have when you look at a bigger, uh, bigger market team such as 
the Chicago Cubs and with the guys that they're giving off this year, I think Matt Walner would be a a good add uh, and a big power bat that can do well in Chicago. Lucas Giolito. Now, the second to last one, I'm sure you guys can all guess who the first, last guy that we'll talk about is. Uh, but Lucas Giolito, probably one of the highest likely arms to be moved at the deadline. Where do you think he goes and who do you think he goes to? I got Lucas Giolito going to the Dodgers. They need another arm. So the White Sox are going to get back the number 14 prospect on Pipeline. And again, I, I think this guy's a lot better than what Pipeline thinks he is. It's the catcher, Yanir Fernandez, who's already in double A, hitting well. And obviously the Dodgers don't need him. They have so many catchers. Uh, so that'll be the big piece here for the White Sox. They're also going to get number 18 prospect from the Dodgers, the left-handed pitcher, Ronan Kopp. Really young guy. Dodgers have a lot of pitchers, possibly be willing to give up one of the good ones like uh, Ronan Kopp here and uh, let the White Sox just try to recreate what they used to have in their rotation, man. It's a little sad, you know, but I, I think some of these teams buying are going to get away with a lot more this offseason. Yeah. Uh, I have Lucas Giolito heading over to the Arizona Diamondbacks in, in my trade. Uh, and when you look at Arizona, their starting ERA is in the bottom third of the league, and that's while having Zach Allen, one of the best aces in the entire big leagues on your roster. So that means, you know, you're – Back end of your rotation is not getting the job done, and Lucas Giolito helps you know bolster that three or four spot when you look at, at Arizona's organization. Uh, the prospects that they'll get back, I have, I have two guys. Uh, the first guy is one of the Dominics, uh, Dominic Fletcher, Dominic Cansone. Kind of have your choice uh, of the two. I think they're pretty similar prospects. Obviously, you know, Dom Fletcher is. 5'6", 185. Dominic Cansone is 5'11", 190. But when you look at player profile, I think they comp pretty similar. Cansone has a bit more power. Uh, so you can ha- kind of have your pick there. But the headliner of this deal uh, and the prospect that I've really liked for a few years now is going to be Blaze Alexander, somebody who has torn it up in, in AAA this year for the Reno Aces, the AAA affiliate for the Arizona Diamondbacks hitting 327 OBP over 400 slugging percentage right around 550. Uh, good enough for an OPS at 967. He plays, you know, shortstop, second base, third base, or pretty much anywhere in the infield. Uh, only four homers because he's only has 111, 101 at bats in AAA this year because he's been hurt a little bit. Uh, but decent speed, walks a good amount. Uh, only 24 years old and a guy who's pretty much plug and play. Uh, for a White Sox team that doesn't have a lot of young guys uh, in, in their system. So, Giolito uh, to Arizona for two, you know, MLB-ready-ish prospects. Mm-hmm. And then the big one, Shohei Otani. Whether you think he's traded or not, we did make a mock trade for this uh, because it's fun. And why not, right? So, what do you think, Skyler? Tell me what you got. So, I don't think Otani's going to get traded. I wouldn't trade him. But for, you know, the spirit of the exercise, I made two because the, the, this first one I want to talk about. Let's just get into it. The Padres are going to get Shohei Otani, number 18 prospect, left-handed pitcher Eric Torres, and an outfield prospect Orlando Martinez. And the Angels are going to get back Juan Soto, oh God. Robert Suarez, the reliever, and number 12 prospect, second baseman, Nerwillian Cerdano. Um, 
yeah, this one is definitely not going to happen, but I wanted to see what the values look like <laughs> with the uh, Otani Soto trade. Because what if they're just they're just both both trying to move on? But luckily for you, I made a real one today when I was like, yeah, Kyle's going to be pissed at me if that's my main Otani one. So he's going to go to Tampa Bay uh, because Tampa Bay is ready to win now and they got a farm system for days. I don't think they would give up Junior Caminero, though. So I did one with uh, a lot of dudes instead of him. So we got the number two prospect shortstop Carson Williams, number five prospect left-handed pitcher Mason Montgomery, the number eight prospect right-handed pitcher Cole Wilcox, their number 11 prospect outfielder Brock Jones, Kyle's guy, and number 23 prospect second baseman Cooper Kenny. Uh, that's just pretty much all of Tampa's farm right there for Shohei. And they yeah. keep a couple top-heavy guys, of course, because that's that's how teams roll. Yeah, I have a uh, a trade that would kind of set the baseball world on fire, and that is Shohei Otani and Brandon Drury going over to the Yankees. Fuck uh, that, dude. And uh, <laughs> it starts off with a six-player return, uh, starting off with uh, we're looking at an organization in general who has a lot of pitching depth at the bottom end of their top 30 prospects. When you look at 20 through 30, there's only one guy who is not a pitcher on this list, and that's their number 30 prospect. So I think you got it. Your choice of a lot of, you know, arms that could project into the big league rotations or, or bullpens, however you want to look at it. And it starts off with its number 24 prospect, Chase Hampton, a double A player, uh, 21 year old who has been solid uh, in double A and high A this year uh, for the Somerset Patriots which I think is kind of funny Patriots being a Yankees team, considering Patriots can associate with new England and the big rival, uh, but in 14 games started 72 or 74 and two thirds innings pitched 110 strikeouts at ERA, just a hair over three uh, opponents average below 200 is something that's really good. Uh, only 25 walks in those 74 innings. So that's something that's really good as well too. And obviously very young already being in double a at 21 years old. Uh, next guy is going to be, where is he at on here? For some reason I can't find him. Oh, there he is. Number eight prospect, Richard Fitz, uh, 23 year old in double A as well too. Uh, 17 starts, 94 innings pitched, 101 strikeouts, only 23 walks, uh, ERA at 372. Might not project to be, you know, the top of line rotation guy as far as potential goes. Uh, but looks to be a guy who could stick around in the rotation, be a four or five starter for a team uh, that makes a postseason push uh, in a few years. The next guy uh, and where it starts to get really interesting is going to be Everson Perea, uh, outfielder, 24 or 22 year old who's in AAA for the Yankees right now. Hitting three over 300 this year, uh, just actually got called up to AAA, has only played seven games there, but it's hitting 400 there. Uh, so most of these numbers are in AA. Uh, but 373 on base percentage, slugging at 550, something that's really good. Uh, over 10 home runs this year at 11. Uh, it's not walking maybe as much as you would like to see from a guy who's trying to progress as a hitter. Uh, but sometimes that's just not how guys roll. And Everson Perea is a guy who puts the bat on the ball a lot uh, and has a decent speed, seven stolen bases this year uh, to get on base. The next guy. Oswald Peraza, you know, infielder who has not gone called up too much this year for the Yankees for some reason. We saw him get called up last year. 
pretty decent prospect for the Yankees. Uh, we could see him being on the move in this as well, too. Uh, second to last guy is a top prospect for the Yankees, Jason Dominguez, a 20-year-old. I don't think the Martian is going to be as good as a player as what a lot of people think he is because we don't see the power too much from him, even though he does have 11 homers. He's just not you know, doing much besides that. Uh, so he's a lot of all or nothing. He does have 25 stolen bases this year, which is really good, and he is super young, only 20 years old. Uh, but he's not, you know, this massive frame of a guy who's six three, two twenty, or something like that. He's five nine, one ninety. So uh, I think Dominguez still has the ability to be a really solid MLB player, but I don't think we're getting any like MVP level talent from this guy. Uh, but the headliner of this deal, and it seems like I've been going on forever about this trade, is Anthony Volpe. I don't need to talk too much about him, but I think that you, in order to get Otani and Brandon Drury, a guy who's been at an all-star level this year for the Angels, you're going to have to give up a guy like Volpe just because it's fucking Shohei Otani. And that's, I think, another reason why you do get Drury back in this deal because you can move Glaber over to short or whoever you want to move over and play Drury in the infield as well, too. A guy who's already been a Yankee uh, in his career, uh, but Volpe has to go in this one. It kind of changes everything uh, for the Angels minor league system, getting Dominguez, Peraza, Peria, Fitz, and Hampton, and having probably Volpe up in the big leagues right away. Uh, it changes everything. And I think this is something that the Yankees would want to do because they obviously have the ability to sign Otani long-term. Yeah, uh, yeah. And that would be something that doesn't just impact the game as far as, you know, playing baseball, but impacts your brand and something that we've seen the Yankees do in the past was having, you know, these global players, uh, none of them to the scale of Shohei Otani, but Hideki Matsui, Ichiro Suzuki, who have kind of helped it, uh, you know, expand the international game and, uh, Shohei Otani would only do that times 10. So, uh, Otani to the Yankees, man, that would be something. I like your Yankees package. It seems realistic. And, Probably all of those players would turn out to be terrible, too. That's how it would go. But uh, I have a question for you as a, a big Junior Caminero follower. Would mm-hmm. you trade him to get Shohei for half a year? Yeah. Okay. Straight I, up? Well, yeah. But like, if you had to include him here instead of, say, like the number eight guy. Well, Caminero is a guy, I think, for Jax to be like you know, a top, top tier of a prospect yeah. considering he's only 20 and he's, he's in double a already and hen homers and, and whatnot. I think, I think he's a better prospect than probably everybody or better going to turn out to be a better player on this list, except for maybe Volpe, but still on probably leaning Caminero on that, on that side. Uh, okay. Cause he's, I mean, he's six foot one, one fifty seven listed as, and he's got 20 homers. So he's, you know, got that string bean power, and once he puts on more weight and kind of, you know, fills into his body more, I think this dude could be one of the best, like, power hitters in the game. So, uh, all right. I don't know. I think I would. But something to think about. I don't know if the Rays would. Yeah. It's interesting. But, uh, yeah. Let's right. move into, uh, I guess, the second half, talking about the NFL. What do you guys got Yeah, just. A couple of things that happened recently here. We'll start off with the running backs because Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, and of course, Saquon Barkley all got tagged this week. No running back. And this is thanks to Adam Schefter for these numbers, by the way. No running back signed for $10 or more since Nick Chubb 
716 days ago. It's a long yeah. time. Yeah. As a, a follower of one of these guys, Josh Jacobs, do you, I mean, I, I have the feeling that if everyone else's pay is going up ridiculously every year, why not the running backs? But I also understand they're not used the same way. Yeah, I think it's uh, uh there's this uh, Matt Miller. I think it's a Matt Miller tweet that's yep, kind of going viral. I'm a big fan of Matt the, Miller. He got a little he, little clown. The previous he tweeted a few months ago. I'm, I think actually where it's like one draft running back, two pay running back, three tag running back, and then repeat the process. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it honestly, you know, it works. It really does work. You look mm-hmm. at these Super Bowl teams over these past few years. And these running backs on those teams aren't like jumping off the page to you look at, you know, the Rams, like Cam Akers. You look at the Chiefs, what they, I mean, I know McKinnon was good down the stretch, but they, they didn't use like a running back that much. And they're sure as hell not paying that a guy that much. And I think, I think I saw a stat that there hasn't been a team that's won the Super Bowl that's paying their running back over like five million dollars in like the twentieth century or something, twenty first yeah. century or something like that. So uh, I I understand you know these running backs want to get paid and you know they probably should get paid based off of how good they are. But when you look at the teams that are winning, the teams that are winning do not pay running backs a crap ton of money. That's how it is. One of my my favorite Billichek quotes ever was uh, one time someone was asking him if he was going to pay for a running back at like a training camp presser. He's like, is he Corey Dillon? I'm like, no, he retired. Then no. <laughs> well. Anyways, here, you got anything else for, for the running backs? Uh, keep on running. All right. Another big signing. DeAndre Hopkins finally signs. Two years, $26 million. With Tennessee, obviously a great coach there in Mike Vrabel. They've always had a good defense, but this guy all offseason was talking about the best quarterbacks, the best chance at a Super Bowl, and he just ended up taking the money and running, man. It's a little disappointing. I don't know. I wouldn't do it, but to each their own. I guess so. Good luck to, to D-Hop. At least he didn't go to the Patriots, man. Uh, and the last thing we got here, a little Madden news, Justin Jefferson to the 99 club. First receiver uh, other than – than did Cup get it last year? I don't think he did. Devontae got it last year. Devontae, thank you. Uh, but other than those guys – Which I don't wild. understand why Devontae is in a 99. What did he do to not be a 99? Led the league in receiving TDs last year. I'm not sure about the yards total, but – Probably 1,400, 1,500 total yards. Come on. Yeah. Have them both be 99s. Why not? And Nick Bosa denied from the 99 club. So sorry, Brett. Not him. Max Crosby this year. Oh, yeah. Hey, lots of uh, Max Crosby shout outs on the the NFL document, the uh, quarterback documentary on Netflix with Patrick Mahomes. He's like, you got to be become friends with these dudes so they don't whack you out of bounds. <laughs> and he's like walking up to Max. Good job, Max. Good job, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they bark, which is they, – yeah. they go back and forth quite a bit, which is – I mean, I'm okay with seeing because 
you know, kind of shows the respect that they have in one another. And I think yeah. it was some bum talking about Holmes. He kind of just, you know, ignore it, laugh it off, whatever. But Crosby, like he, he, he enjoys the banter going back with Crosby because, you know, he's such a competitor and, uh, Max is Max is Max is Max. That's all I got. Max is Max. All right. That's the end of the second half. Little bit of NFL news just to, to get you back into it because it's coming quick and it's going to hit us all like a hurricane once the NFL season starts. Let's move into our bets. Uh, last week, I didn't have any bets because I didn't want to place anything. Uh, Skyler had Tampa Bay over Kansas City on Saturday. Is that the game that got rained out? Uh, actually, no. Friday was rained out. Ah, so yes. uh, good job, Skyler, there. Yeah. Uh, this week I have the Padres over Toronto on Thursday. That is a Blake Snell start. Blake Snell's been amazing over these past, you know, couple months. So give me the pods. Skyler, why are you doing this? <laughs> so my layup, you know, the thing that's absolutely going to happen, it's going to be Jose Siri, Tampa Bay outfielder, under one and a half total bases tonight at Texas. Uh, we saw him get destroyed by an Araldis Chapman 103 pitch yesterday, and the, the trend is just continuing. Texas is just not going to be him. They're facing Nate Evaldi today. That's the ace of the Rangers, even if it's uh, just temporarily. So sorry, uh, you know, he's going to lose another burrito tonight, Kyle. Whatever. Uh, last week pulled prediction again. Like I said, I didn't make a pick. Skyler had Arenado over one and a half total bases on Saturday against Washington. That did happen. So good job, Mime. Uh, and then this week, uh, Padres stay hot, sweep the Detroit Tigers in Detroit. Uh, I think this has got to be the time that you get hot if you are the Padres. You kind of change the trajectory, and I think one and four in a row, including that Thursday game over Toronto. Like I mentioned for my layup. Would be really big for the squad, and I think it does happen. Atlanta's gonna stay hot, Kyle. I got them sweeping Arizona. And I know that's that's a tough one to talk about right now. Arizona's been really good, but recent struggles. Atlanta's got some some big dudes on the bump coming up. We got Bryce Elder, game one, Charlie Morton, game two, Spencer Strider, game three. That's a tough three to face. That's all I got. That's going to do it. Yeah. That's going to be the end for uh, episode 149. So bye. No. Uh, next week, episode 150, man. How top about that? Players. How about of that? All time. Top 10 player. Whoa. <laughs> top 10 Immaculate Grids. No. Uh, I mean, we'll hopefully have some trade deadline news to go over uh, rather than just speculation. Yeah, uh, because we are getting to that point where you know we should start to have some trades trickle in. Uh, training camp does that start at that point? Maybe not. Maybe uh, possibly. We'll see. Uh, I don't know, man. That's that's all I got. Uh, we'll see yeah. you all next Tuesday, probably at our normal time because I know I'm not working. And uh, yeah, always good. But yeah, Jets on hard knocks. Let's go. Uh, let's go, Ace. Let's get the young guys going. We'll see you guys next week. Adios. <laughs>